The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. This is the month we pray for all of the faithful departed. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Thursday of the 30th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year A, cycle one. Thursday is a day to pray the luminous mysteries of the rosary. And today is the commemoration of all of the faithful departed, All Souls Day. The church has encouraged prayer for the dead from the earliest times as an act of Christian charity. If we had no care for the dead, Augustine noted, we would not be in the habit of praying for them. In the middle of the 11th century, Saint Odilia, the abbot of Cluny, France, decreed that all Cluniac monasteries offer special prayers and sing the office for the dead November 2nd, the day after the Feast of All Saints. The custom spread from Cluny and was finally adopted throughout the Roman Church. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, I unite myself to your perpetual, unceasing, universal sacrifice. I offer myself to you every day of my life and every moment of every day, according to your most holy and adorable will. Since you have been the victim of my salvation, I wish to be the victim of your love. Accept my desires, take my offering, and graciously hear my prayer. Let me live for love of you. Let me die for love of you. Let my last heartbeat be an act of perfect love. Amen. And we pray for the Holy Father as he fulfills his mission. May he continue to accompany the flock entrusted to him with the help of the Holy Spirit. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Lord Jesus, today in your church, we celebrate this feast of all souls, or more specifically, the commemoration of all the faithful departed. Today, in particular, we remember all those who have gone before us, and we pray for their eternal rest. We pray for those who have died in your friendship, but who are not yet perfectly purified, that they may, by our prayers and the prayers of your church and through the fire of your love, Lord, be purified, be prepared, and be brought into the glories of heaven. Lord Jesus, to pray for the dead is is one of our responsibilities as Christians. It's something you've tasked us with. And the church recognizes this task. She reminds us about this responsibility. In fact, she has such faith in the power and the necessity of our prayers for the dead that she not only prompts us to pray every day for the faithful departed, but she dedicates this whole month the month of November, to this task. And in particular, today, this Feast of All Souls. 
In fact, there's a special dispensation today that priests can offer up to three masses for this intention, for the souls in purgatory. And not only that, but your church then enriches our prayers for the dead, enriches these acts of piety, like our visits to, to, to cemeteries, with indulgences of grace. That is, she adds onto our prayers, onto these pious actions from her treasury of merits. She makes our prayers by giving them indulgences. She makes our prayers even more effective towards this end. It's almost an incessant invitation for us to remember the dead. To remember them to you, Lord. To visit their resting places. To pray for their souls. And this is, in fact, something that's quite Countercultural. Our modern secular culture more and more seems to seems to hide death. It seems to put death behind closed doors. Death is more more and more sanitized, more and more hidden, more and more separated from us. Now I wonder sometimes if if this is in some way our effort to hide from death, to try and ignore this one reality that we cannot overcome, that we cannot conquer, that we we cannot escape. Whatever it may be, I think it's true that the fact that death happens more and more in hospitals these days than at home, more and more surrounded by medical staff than by family members. Of course, we thank God for the advances in medicine and how many lives are saved or extended because, because of that. But nonetheless, This kind of sanitization and separation of death has meant that death is less and less a part of life, so to speak. We forget about it. We try to ignore it, and then when it happens, we don't know how to speak about it. And in fact, this makes the process of dealing with death, the process of mourning, all the more difficult. In fact, I've heard from various people in the process of grieving that often they feel all the more alone because their friends and their family sometimes don't know how to address the fact of death. We don't know what to say. And so sometimes we say nothing. Sometimes because we're afraid that we might bring up a wound or say the wrong thing or hurt someone, we say nothing at all. And we pretend like nothing has happened. And the person who's experiencing that loss very often feels all the more alone. But the church, on the other hand, your church, Jesus, does the opposite. She faces death. She has her rights for the dying, her rights for the dead. She remembers the dead every day in the Mass, by name even in the Roman canon. And she prompts us to do the same. And not just as an effort to honor their memory, which it is that, but also, and more importantly, to pray for them. And why? Why does the church have this kind of approach to death? Well, because the church looks at death with hope. We do not grieve, says St. Paul to the Thessalonians, like those who have no hope. What a beautiful verse. You know, he doesn't say, we Christians, we do not grieve. No, he doesn't end it there. We do grieve. We do mourn. We do feel the loss of our loved ones when they are gone. Jesus himself wept at the grave of his friend Lazarus. 
Who ever mourned more than Our Lady at the foot of the cross? We do grieve. But, and this is what St. Paul points out, there is a difference. This difference, in fact, is why Jesus could dare to say, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It's also this difference that prompted that poet, John Donne, that English poet and clergyman in the 16th, 17th century, to write that famous sonnet, one of his holy or sacred sonnets called Death, Be Not Proud, where he speaks about death, or in fact he speaks to death, this unconquerable, invincible enemy, and he says, if you permit me the paraphrase, death, you have nothing to be proud about. Even though some have called you mighty and dreadful, you aren't. Because those that you think you overthrow do not die, and nor shall I. Death, you cannot kill me. Now, John Donne says it with much more beautiful language, but it's this audacity with which he addresses death that is the Christian difference, this confidence, this hope. What is the hope of the Christian that lets him look at death in the face? What is our confidence but you, Lord Jesus? You conquered death. You carried what separates us from eternal life. You entered into our death, carrying our sins. You were dead and buried only to rise again. Jesus, you have slain death by death. You have buried death in the grave. You rose again so that through you, we might have eternal life. By your death and resurrection, Jesus, you paved a way through death to life. And so we have hope. Because death does not have the final word. You do, Lord Jesus. And so we can pray with hope. Because of our faith in you, we can say, death be not proud. We can say, death, you cannot kill me. We can pray with confidence that those who have gone before us might, through you, find eternal life. It's with that confidence, Lord, that we respond to this responsibility to pray for the dead. As we remember them, we remember you your victory over sin and death. And we remember them to you, asking for your mercy, asking for your purification, and asking with the whole church that they might find, through you, eternal rest. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. We begin this liturgical day in just three minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on All Souls Day. I'm Paul Sadek. We join the whole church in prayer now 
as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and And my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for Him. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for Him. The Lord's is the earth and all its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is He who set it on the seas, on the waters He made it firm. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for Him. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in His holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for him. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for him. O gates, lift high your heads. Grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for him. Who is the King of glory? The Lord the mighty, the, mighty, the valiant, the, the Lord, the valiant, valiant in war. Come, let, let us worship the Lord. All things live for him. O gates, lift high your heads. Grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for him. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies. He is the King of glory. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship the Lord. All things live for him. From the earth. You formed me, with flesh you clothed me. Lord, my Redeemer, raise me up again at the last day. From the earth you formed me, with flesh you clothed me. Lord, my Redeemer, raise me up again at the last day. I waited. I waited for the Lord, and he stooped down to me. He heard my cry. He drew me from the deadly pit, from the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. He put a new song into my mouth, praise of our God. Many shall see and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Happy the man who has placed his trust in the Lord and has not gone over to the rebels who follow false gods. How many, O Lord my God, are the wonders and designs that you have worked for us? You have no equal. Should I proclaim and speak of them, 
they are more than I can tell. You do not ask for sacrifice and offerings, but an open ear. You do not ask for holocaust and victim. Instead, here am I. In the scroll of the book it stands written that I should do your will. My God, I delight in your law in the depth of my heart. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. From the earth you formed me, with flesh you clothed me. Lord, my Redeemer, raise me up again at the last day. Lord, may it please you to rescue me. Look upon me and help me. Lord, may it please you to rescue me. Look upon me and help me. Your justice I have proclaimed in the great assembly. My lips I have not sealed. You know it, O Lord. I have not hidden your justice in my heart, but declared your faithful help. I have not hidden your love and your truth from the great assembly. O Lord, you will not withhold your compassion from me. Your merciful love and your truth will always guard me. For I am beset with evils, too many to be counted. My sins have fallen upon me, and my sight fails me. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart sinks. O Lord, come to my rescue. Lord, come to my aid. O let there be rejoicing and gladness for all who seek you. Let them ever say, The Lord is great, who love your saving help. As for me, wretched and poor, the Lord thinks of me. You are my rescuer, my help. O God, do not delay. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord, may it please you to rescue me. Look upon me and help me. My soul is thirsting for the living God. When shall I see him face to face? My soul is thirsting for the living God. When shall I see him face to face? Like the deer that yearns for running streams, so my soul is yearning for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for God, the God of my life. When can I enter and see the face of God? My tears have become my bread, by night, by day, as I hear it said all the day long, Where is your God? These things will I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would lead the rejoicing crowd into the house of God, amid cries of gladness and thanksgiving, the throng wild with joy. Why are you cast down, my soul? Why groan within me? Hope in God. I will praise him still, my Savior and my God. My soul is cast down within me as I think of you, from the country of Jordan and Mount Hermon from the hill of Mizar. Deep is calling on deep in the roar of waters. 
Your torrents and all your waves swept over me. By day the Lord will send his loving kindness. By night I will sing to him, praise the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning, oppressed by the foe? With cries that pierce me to the heart, my enemies revile me, saying to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, my soul? Why groan within me? Hope in God. I will praise him still, my Savior and my God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. My soul is thirsting for the living God. When shall I see him face to face? Lord, countless are your mercies. Give me life according to your word. From the second letter of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. We do not lose heart because our inner being is being renewed each day even though our body is being destroyed at the same time. The present burden of our trial is light, light enough, and earns for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. We do not fix our gaze on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is transitory. What is unseen lasts forever. Indeed, we know that when the earthly tent in which we dwell is destroyed, we have a dwelling provided for us by God, a dwelling in the heavens, not made by hands, but to last forever. We groan while we are here, even as we yearn to have our heavenly habitation envelop us. This it will, provided we are found clothed and not naked. While we live in our present tent, we groan. We are weighed down because we do not wish to be stripped naked, but rather to have the heavenly dwelling envelop us, so that what is mortal may be absorbed by life. God has fashioned us for this very thing and has given us the Spirit as a pledge of it. Therefore, we continue to be confident we know that while we dwell in the body, we are away from the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. I repeat, we are full of confidence and would much rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. This being so, we make it our aim to please Him whether we are with Him or away from Him. The lives of all of us are to be revealed before the tribunal of Christ so that each one may receive his recompense, good or bad, according to his life in the body. The Word of the Lord Lord, do not judge me according to my deeds. I have done nothing worthy in your sight. Therefore I implore you, God of majesty, blot, blot out all my, my guilt. Lord, wash away my iniquities and cleanse me from my sins. Blot, blot out all my guilt. From a book on the death of his brother Satyrus by St. Ambrose Bishop. 
we see that death is gain. Life is loss. Paul says, for me, life is Christ and death a gain. What does Christ mean but to die in the body and receive the breath of life? Let us then die with Christ, to live with Christ. We should have a daily familiarity with death, a daily desire for death. By this kind of detachment, our soul must learn to free itself from the desires of the body. It must soar above earthly lusts to a place where they cannot come near to hold it fast. It must take on the likeness of death to avoid the punishment of death. The law of our fallen nature is at war with the law of our reason and subjects the law of reason to the law of error. What is the remedy? Who will set me free from this dead body? The grace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have a doctor to heal us. Let us use the remedy he prescribes. The remedy is the grace of Christ, the dead body, our own. Let us then be exiles from our body so as not to be exiles from Christ. Though we are still in the body, let us not give ourselves to the things of the body. We must not reject the natural rights of the body, but we must desire before all else the gifts of grace. What more need be said? It was by the death of one man that the world was redeemed. Christ did not need to die if he did not want to, but he did not look on death as something to be despised, something to be avoided, and he could have found no better means to save us than by dying. Thus his death is life for all. We are sealed with the sign of his death. When we pray, we preach his death. When we offer sacrifice, we proclaim his death. His death is victory. His death is a sacred sign. Each year, his death is celebrated with solemnity by the whole world. What more should we say about his death since we use this divine example to prove that it was death alone that won freedom from death, and death itself was its own redeemer. Death is then no cause for mourning, for it is the cause of mankind's salvation. Death is not something to be avoided, for the Son of God did not think it beneath his dignity nor did he seek to escape it. Death was not part of nature. It became part of nature. God did not decree death from the beginning. He prescribed it as a remedy. Human life was condemned because of sin to unremitting labor, an unbearable sorrow, and so began to experience the burden of wretchedness. There had to be a limit to its evils. Death had to restore what life had forfeited. Without the assistance of grace, immortality is 
more of a burden than a blessing. The soul has to turn away from the aimless paths of this life, from the defilement of an earthly body. It must reach out to those assemblies in heaven, though it is given only to the saints to, to be admitted to them, to sing the praises of God. We learn from Scripture how God's praise is sung to the music of the harp. Great and wonderful are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations, who will not revere and glorify your nature. You alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you. The soul must also to desire to witness your nuptials, Jesus, and to see your bride escorted from earthly to heavenly realities, as all rejoice and sing, all flesh will come before you. No longer will the bride be held in subjection to this passing world, but will be made one with the Spirit. Above all else, Holy David prayed that he might see and gaze on this. One thing I have asked of the Lord, this I pray for, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to see how gracious is the Lord. There are some who have died a godly death. They shall receive the splendid reward which awaits them. Then the just will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. They shall receive the splendid reward which awaits them. Let us pray. Listen kindly to our prayers, O Lord, and as our faith in your Son, raised from the dead, is deepened, so may our hope of resurrection for your departed servants also find new strength. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord proclaims very specifically that it is His intent that we spend eternity with Him. It's in today's Gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on All Souls Day. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord tells us that if we believe in Him, He will raise us up on the last day from the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me I will not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up at the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last 
today. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, you'll find daily and Sunday Mass readings on the relevant radio app. So, let's take a look, so to speak, at purgatory. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 7, Special Feasts. During the month of November, the Church invites us to pray more insistently and offer suffrages for the souls in purgatory. Pope John Paul II encourages us, We feel bound by charity to offer these brothers and sisters who have experienced the fragility proper to human existence the help of our vigilant prayer. May whatever residue of human weakness still remaining in them to delay their happy encounter with God be definitively wiped out. To enter into eternal life, it is necessary that we be purified of all sin. A soul stained by venial faults cannot enter the dwelling place of God, nor the one who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the book of life of the Lamb. St. Catherine of Genoa writes, No one is barred from heaven. Whoever wants to enter heaven may do so, because God is all-merciful. Our Lord will welcome us into glory with his arms wide open. The Almighty is so pure, however, that if a person is conscious of the least trace of imperfection and at the same time understands that purgatory is ordained to do away with such impediments, the soul enters this place of purification glad to accept so great a mercy of God. The worst suffering of those suffering souls is to have sinned against divine goodness and not to have been purified in this life. This waiting room of heaven is not a lesser hell, but a place of preparation where souls are duly cleansed of the remains of sin before entering heaven. The inclination to sin we acquire through original sin is increased by personal sin. If one has not sufficiently expiated any specific offenses against God during the course of our present life, there is further need for reparation to be accomplished. In the first place, evil dispositions may remain rooted in our soul at the hour of our death. There is, too, the temporal punishment left over from sins forgiven in confession. Furthermore, lack of love and refinement in dealing with our Lord can also defer our union with Him. If our transgressions are not eliminated by a constant and generous purification in this life, we will perceive these faults with absolute clarity at the moment of death. Together with a strong desire to be united to God, we will possess a tremendous yearning to be free of our evil inclinations. Purgatory, at this time, is the only possibility of achieving this purification. In purgatory, the soul experiences very intense suffering due to a kind of flame more painful than anything a man can suffer in this life. There is great joy, too, though, since heaven comes afterwards. The soul in purgatory has already won the last battle and is awaiting a more or less imminent encounter with God. The soul in purgatory can be compared to an adventurer at the edge of the desert. The sun is relentless, the heat suffocating, and water is not readily available. On the horizon lies the distant mountain where his treasure lies, in between stretches of vast expanse. He sets out to cross the torrid plain, prepared to travel the long distance on foot. 
On the far-off peak, fresh breezes flow. There, rest and refreshment awaits him. Meanwhile, the asphyxiating heat makes him stumble and fall again and again. The soul in purgatory differs from this adventure in that he knows most assuredly that he will eventually arrive at the summit of his distant mountain. No matter how suffocating the torrid heat may be, it cannot definitively separate him from God. We can help the holy souls in purgatory pass more quickly over the great divide that separates them from God by making reparation for sin. We can thus also shorten our own passage through this waiting room of heaven. If we are generous in our spirit of penance, in the offering of our sufferings, and in our love for the sacrament of confession, with the help of grace we may enter straight away into heaven. This is the case with the saints whose living example we can accept as an open invitation to spur us on. Their example stimulates our own desire to help make up for the effects of personal sin in the lives of countless souls. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. We continue praying on this All Souls Day with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The bones that were crushed shall leap for joy before the Lord. The bones that were crushed shall leap for joy before the Lord. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. Oh, wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses truly I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence, and be without reproach when you judge. Oh, see, in guilt I was born. A sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. Oh, purify me, then I shall be clean. Oh, wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor, sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me, you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit. A humbled, contrite heart you will not spurn. 
In your goodness, show favor to Zion. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocausts offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. The bones bones that were crushed shall leap for joy before the Lord. At the very threshold of death, rescue me, Lord. At the the very very threshold of death, rescue me, Lord. Once I said, in the noontime of life I must depart to the gates of the netherworld where I shall be consigned for the rest of my years. I said, I shall see the Lord no more in the land of the living. No longer shall I behold my fellow men among those who dwell in the world. My dwelling, like a shepherd's tent, is struck down and borne away from me. You have folded up my life like a weaver who severs the last thread. Day and night you give me over to torment. I cry out until the dawn. Like a lion he breaks all my bones. Day and night you give me over to torment. Like a swallow I utter shrill cries, I moan like a dove. My eyes grow weak, gazing heavenward. O Lord, I am in straits. Be my surety. You have preserved my life from the pit of destruction. When you cast behind your back all my sins. For it is not the netherworld that gives you thanks, nor death that praises you. Neither do those who go down into the pit await your kindness. The living, the living give you thanks, as I do today. Fathers declare to their sons, O God, your faithfulness. The Lord is our Savior. We shall sing to stringed instruments in the house of the Lord all the days of our life. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. At the the very threshold of death, death, rescue me, Lord. I will praise my God all the days of my life. I will will praise praise my God all the days of my life. My soul give praise to the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my days and make music to my God while I live. Put no trust in princes, in mortal men in whom there is no help. Take their breath, they return to clay, and their plans that day come to nothing. He is happy who is helped by Jacob's God, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who alone made heaven and earth, the seas and all they contain. It is he who keeps faith forever, who is just to those who are oppressed. It is he who gives bread to the hungry, the Lord who sets prisoners free, the Lord who gives sight to the blind who raises up those who are bowed down. 
the Lord who protects the stranger and upholds the widow and orphan. It is the Lord who loves the just but thwarts the path of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever, Zion's God, from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. I will will praise my God all the days of my life. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. If we believe that Jesus died and rose, God will bring forth with him from the dead those also who have fallen asleep, believing in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. I will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I will will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. You turned my sorrow into joy, for you you have have rescued me. me. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. I will will praise you, Lord, for you have rescued me. I am the resurrection. I am the life. To believe in me means life in spite of death. And all who believe and live in me shall never die. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am the resurrection. I am the life. To believe in me means life, in spite of death. And all who believe and live in me shall never die. Let us pray to the all-powerful Father who raised Jesus from the dead and gives new life to our mortal bodies and say to him, Lord, give us new life in Christ. Father, through baptism, we have been buried with your Son and have risen with him in his resurrection. Grant that we may walk in newness of life 
so that when we die, we may live with Christ forever. Lord, give give us us new new life in Christ. Provident Father, you have given us the living bread that has come down from heaven and which should always be eaten worthily. Grant that we may eat this bread worthily and be raised up to eternal life on the last day. Lord, give us new life in Christ. Lord, you sent an angel to comfort your son in his agony. Give us the hope of your consolation when death draws near. Lord, give us new life in Christ. You delivered the three youths from the fiery furnace. Free your faithful ones from the punishment they suffer for their sins. Lord, give us new life in Christ. God of the living and the dead, you raised Jesus from the dead. Raise up those who have died and grant that we may share eternal glory with them. Lord, give us new life in Christ. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Listen kindly to our prayers, O Lord, and as our faith in your Son, raised from the dead, is deepened, so may our hope of resurrection for your departed servants also find new strength. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Relevant Radio's Holy Souls Novena begins today. You still have time to submit the names of your departed loved ones. Just go to relevantradio.com slash souls. That's RelevantRadio.com slash souls. John and Glenn are along with Morning Air in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid, a bit later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the Relevant Radio app. You go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.